And so during these next few weeks, as we look at this uh, subject of all things new, we'll be looking at various passages across Scripture. And uh, this morning, Ruth's going to read to us from Mark chapter 1. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Shall we pray together? Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you uh, for your word that you give to us. Lord Jesus, we know we struggle with it at times. We find it hard to understand. Lord Jesus, we just pray this morning as we spend time uh, reflecting on your whole Bible, that we would come to know you better, that you would build us and equip us to be more like the people, more like the church you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome everyone. Let me start by adding my welcome to you this morning. If I haven't met you before, my name is Aidan and I'm the curate here at Christchurch. Uh, and, and as Paul said, uh, we are starting a new series this morning. We're finally starting our All Things New series, and I'm so excited to do that. Uh, it's, it's named All Things New, uh, Joining God's Story of Recreation, named after this book uh, by Pete Hughes. Uh, Pete Hughes is uh, a vicar in London at King's Cross Church in London. Uh, he's also a speaker at various things. He's a phenomenal writer and speaker and, and really, really helpful uh, he's a, got a real gift of translating the gospel uh, to, that may, in a way that makes sense to us and also makes sense to our culture, I think. 
Uh, among other things, he's Tim Hughes' brother. If you've uh, ever sung a Tim Hughes song in church, that's the one. Uh, and they're both from High Wycombe originally, which, um, like all ministers from High Wycombe, very, very holy people. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you all agree, not laughing. I don't know why. Anyway. I say, I say uh, we finally get to start the series, because this is something I know uh, we mentioned before Christmas. It's something we've been thinking about for a long time. I know many of you will have already started reading this book. Uh, if you haven't started yet, uh, it's not too late. Get hold of a copy if you can. Uh, and we're going to read along uh, kind of the series over the coming weeks and the coming months, actually. And there's a little kind of reading guide at the back. It's pretty obvious week by week what we're going to be doing. Uh, the chapters kind of fit in line. But there's a little guide for the, what titles are coming up in this series and what chapters to read as we go along. And I'd really encourage you, if you can, to engage with that. And I say a few months you know, normally our sermon series here at Christchurch lasts kind of four to six weeks or whatever. Uh, but this one has quite a big scope. <laughs> We're going to cover the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, in 14 weeks. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, So we're going to take time. We're going to journey with the scriptures. We're going to go through uh, and, and we're going to kind of start in Genesis next week. We're going to journey through the Old Testament. We're going to get to Jesus and the cross conveniently around Easter. We planned it well. Uh, we're going to celebrate Easter and then we're going to journey with the, new, with the, the early church uh, on towards Pentecost. And we're going to finish the week before Pentecost. I'll talk more about exactly what the series is going to look like in a second, but I, but I wanted to start by talking about why we're doing this series, why we, do, why we decided this would be a good thing to do, an overview of the Bible, and why now, why, why, we, why are we covering this? Sometimes at church we follow the lectionary, uh, which is the Church of England's appointed readings for any given Sunday. It's what we've been doing for the last six, seven, eight weeks or so. Uh, and this can be fruitful and life-giving, and it's often really timely. Uh, but often we also feel it's right to spend some time uh, dwelling with uh, a particular theme, a particular concept or, or a book of the Bible or an aspect of Christianity. And as we try to discern what the right series might be for any given time, we listen. We listen a lot as a leadership team. We listen to God, hopefully. Uh, we listen to each other, what people are going through, what we're experiencing. And of course, we listen to our community, we listen to our culture around us, and we try and find something that, that we feel is right and feel that God wants us to be listening to at this time. Just spending a bit of time on that, we're listening to God first and foremost. You know, obviously, we always try to do this, uh, but as those of you who are regular members of the church will know, we're currently without a full-time vicar. Uh, we, we've we're excited that we've got uh, interviews for that in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for everyone who's praying into that process. Uh, but before Christmas, we spent a long time as a church putting together what's called a parish profile, or in English, a job description. And uh, so we put together a job description of, the, of the, and what the parish is like. And uh, we spent some time thinking about what God was saying to us, but also what God has said to us over the years. And we looked at our vision, our vision uh, that's quite well known, hopefully, to people, if I can get this to work, yes, uh, of learning to live the life. That is our vision statement. That's what we're all about here. Learning about life, life in all its fullness, the resurrection, spirit-filled life that Jesus offers each and every one of us. And then we want to be living that life. We're not only learning about it, but we're living that life out, Monday to Sunday, following Jesus in our life together, 
but also in our communities, on what we call our front lines, those places where we meet people who are not Christian, those people, times we spend regular amounts of time with people who are not Christian, so that we can be witness to them, this life that we have received that is also available for them in Jesus. And so through this process of listening uh, over these recent months, we feel really convinced that actually this vision still stands. This is what we believe God is still saying to us as a church. We still feel God is saying this ultimately because this is the call of Jesus in Scripture. Jesus in the Bible says, come and follow me. Come and be my disciples. Receive and experience life in all its fullness. And then go and make disciples of all nations. And so our teaching series always try to, to feed into this, but we're going to be really intentional. You know, we're going to be doing learning here in church, but we want to be living it out. And, and last week, as, as we had a discussion, uh, Kathy was here and gave us a challenge, didn't she, to read the Bible or read, read a gospel, if we could, in one go. And uh, hopefully that's been a, a helpful experience, and, and, and um, hopefully there's some really good uh, reflections going on already. But each week, we're going to have a challenge, a challenge to live out uh, what we're learning, something that will come up in a theme of what we've been talking about uh, in the service, and we're going to give you a challenge to kind of go and live it out and give it a go, and, and then we can reflect on it as a church and see what we can learn as we do. And this week, the challenge is going to be the same as last week. Go and spend some time reading the Bible, spending time reading uh, a gospel. If you didn't get a chance to last week, go for it this week. Maybe listen to it as an audiobook. On the website, we have loads of links to resources and ways in which you can engage with Bible in new ways, uh, in the Bible in new ways. But if you have already done that this week, fantastic. Let's keep going. Let's build that habit. Let's build on that habit we've started. And let's, let's really, as a church, be reading the Bible as much as possible uh, through this time. But back to this series in particular and why we're doing this. Um, of course, we've tried to listen to each other during this time. We all know the kind of turbulent time we've gone through in the last couple of years. And of course, we are living in a new normal, aren't we? I look out on a sea of masks. I, I, I welcome people at home watching online. We have a new way of doing church and a new way of living in many ways. Excitingly, over this period, we've had new people come to us uh, from different uh, kind of churches, perhaps, or those who've not been to church for a long time or never before have engaged and come to church. So we thought a series looking at the Bible and understanding the whole Bible would be really helpful for people uh, experiencing that. And if that's you, brilliant. I'm so glad you're here with us. But also, we recognize that for those of us who've been Christians a lot longer, those of us who've been Christians perhaps for a while, actually over the last few years, our reading of the Bible has kind of been affected. You know, we, the, for many of us, our faith in or our reliance upon or just our simple uh, habit of using the Bible has been affected and slipped. It may be for a range of different, very understandable reasons. Perhaps our faith in the Bible and what God says in it has been undermined by various things that have gone on. But I know for many of us, we've just simply gotten out of the habit of reading the Bible or, or never even got into the habit in the first place. A couple of years ago as a church, we did a sermon series, you may remember, called How to Pray, 
we spent quite a long time thinking about prayer um, because we recognized actually this was something, an opportunity we had to grow in as a church. We, we used a book again as our guide for that. We used a Pete Gregg book called How to Pray. And we spent about eight weeks uh, looking at prayer. And, and along with that and our, and our other prayer events, our One Church One Day and our 24-7 prayer weeks that we've had, um, I feel this is something that has been really, really fruitful in the life of our church. You know, people again and again are, are coming to pray on their own in church, in their small groups, and they're coming with an expectancy to meet with God and deepen their relationship with him. We are a praying community, and yes, we could grow in it, but I'm really, really excited how much of a praying community we are. And, and just as that's been fruitful, I'm so excited for the potential that as we spend more time reading Scripture together, as we spend more time in the Bible together you, with, through this series, I'm excited to see the fruit that will come of it. I've seen and experienced myself, like how much reading the Bible regularly can transform who I am. And the more we encounter the living God in the Bible, the more our perspectives will shift and we'll be made more His church. And this filters out, of course. You know, as a church, we, are, uh, we have a sim similar experience to something that Pete Hughes recognizes in his book of, uh, you know, we have wonderful people who are social justice warriors committed to loving our community, making a difference in the world. But if we don't have good foundations, if we ourselves are not being filled uh, with something bigger than ourselves, eventually you can kind of burn out. You can get kind of loving burnout if you want. You can kind of get spiritual exhaustion. And uh, he writes this, um, Nothing will prepare and equip you for the task of transforming culture like feeling, feeding on the daily bread of God's story. Nothing will prepare and equip us for serving and making a difference in this world than regularly encountering God in the Bible. Thirdly, we've also been listening to our culture We've been listening to the world around us. Because whilst perhaps in previous generations, there might have been an openness to the God of the Bible. You know, people might have heard something from the Bible, looked to it for some wisdom. I think these days we can all recognize there's been quite a big shift from that place. Not only is church and, and God and the Bible somewhat irrelevant for people at times and they're not really bothered, but actually, there are serious and understandable questions about whether or not Christians, whether or not the Bible has any moral value at all. Surprise, surprise, I believe it does. <laughs> but we have to engage with these questions. There are questions in our culture around how the Bible and how Christians interpret the Bible that for many means that the Bible is more of a, a hindrance to life in all its fullness than the blessing that it actually contains. The Bible is full of, of, uh, it's full of the Spirit of God moving, and you can encounter life in its, all its fullness, but it's been weaponized at times. And I truly believe that now, more than ever, the world needs a biblically literate church. We need a church that is able to handle the Scriptures, to understand them and apply them faithfully. You know, sometimes interpreting and reading the Bible is, is easy. You know, when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, I think we can all kind of get that. that. That makes sense. But often, the teachings in the Bible are hard to decipher. You know, this is a 2,000-year-old at least text, most of, these, most of the writings in the Bible. And actually, sometimes working out what God is saying through it is a bit hard. So we need to be reading it. We need to be understanding it more and more and better and better and interpreting it. Otherwise, we're in danger of distorting what the gospel of Jesus actually is. 
And if we're, if we're not careful, that, you know, we have to be careful around this as we read the Bible because we're all guilty, aren't we, of picking verses out of their context, uh, trying to picking them out to support our own views. So we end up believing our own version of the gospel at times rather than necessarily believing the gospel of Jesus because that's what it's all about. You know, as we learn to live the life, we want to be living the life of Jesus and then sharing that gospel life with other people. And the gospel, of course, means good news. The gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. You know, we want to take that to a culture that could really use some good news right now. Amen? Amen. So just before I finish, I, I know I've, there's been a lot I've covered already, but just before I finish, I want, to, I want to give us a quick overview of what the series will actually include. Because it's a big task, isn't it, going Genesis to Revelation. But something I think is really helpful uh, through this book and as we'll go through the series, there's some, there's some kind of three themes that I want us to think about that are going to come back again and again as we go through the Bible. The first is this kind of movement from creation to decreation and recreation. The book is called All Things New, Joining God's Story of Recreation, because this is the story of the whole Bible. Now, the Bible, of course, is a library. It's a 66 books written by 70 at least different authors. Uh, who knows how many exactly? And uh, it's a library in many ways. There's many different writings collected together. But it does have an overarching story. It does have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It starts with God creating. Ooh, yep, there we go. It starts with God creating. In the beginning, uh, in Genesis 1 which we're gonna, and 2, which we're going to spend time thinking about next week, God creates everything. He creates things good. He creates things perfect and wonderful. And human beings are his masterpiece. We are made in the image of God, it says. But then it all falls apart. There is a decreation. Genesis 3 happens, uh, and there is the fall. And all of the messiness in the Bible and all the suffering and all of the failings of this broken world that we see and experience are because of the effects of sin. But that's the third chapter of the Bible. The whole rest of the story is uh, the kind of outworking, the movement towards a new creation. It's God's journey of restoring, of redeeming, of recreating. It's a winding journey. It's not always up. It's not always directly up. It's sometimes up and down. It's a bit of a roller coaster. But it goes through the fall of Israel, to the, the rise and fall of Israel, sorry, to the arrival of Jesus, uh, his life, death, and resurrection. As our reading today has, he comes, he lives, uh, he brings with him a gospel, good news to, to the world. And he comes and he gives a, a baptism, a baptism of the Holy Spirit that he gives to the early church and down through the generations to us. We are uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit. But then the story kind of comes to its final conclusion in Revelation and the pictured new, uh, new, new heaven and new earth, new recreated heaven and earth. You know, often we can be guilty of thinking that heaven is a place we go to when we die, that we die and then we somehow float up into the stars and, and we go to the heaven. But that's more of a Greek idea than it is a, it, it is a Christian idea. Actually, as we'll find out, as all things are made new, uh, the, the Christian understanding is that actually this world that is broken will be remade again. There will be a new heaven, a new earth. Heaven will come to earth 
in, in many ways, more than us going to heaven. Picture God in the, in the Garden of Eden, Eden, walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. That is where we are going to. That's where the story culminates, a new heaven and a new recreated earth. And so that's the story of the whole Bible. But of course, this, this story of creation and decreation and recreation is something that appears again and again in little pockets, little parts of the Bible, little parts of the roller coaster. In our reading today from Mark 1, talks of the kingdom of God, a kingdom which, yes, starts in Eden, but also really talks about Israel. So, oh, I'm going backwards. There we go. <laughs> Start with Israel. God creates for himself a holy people, Israel. You know, as they are called in the Exodus out of Egypt, he, God creates for himself a holy people, a people that were going to be a light unto the nations. They were going to show the rest of the world what this God was like, the God of glory, grace, and love. But as we'll hear in a few weeks' time, uh, actually Israel's story of what is one of constant uh, failure and, and, and falling short. They, they, they need God's forgiveness again and again and again. And it, but this, they ha- end up in a spiral of, of following God, then rejecting him, then needing his forgiveness, then following God, rejecting it, and they spiral and spiral to the point where it gets too out of control and they end up in Jeremiah 39. There is a decreation. The nation of Israel falls apart and they are sent into exile in Jeremiah 39. But then, of course, God doesn't leave them there. He doesn't give up on his creation. He doesn't give up on his people. And the prophets speak of a coming, uh, coming saviour. And first, John the Baptist is prophesied as coming. He arrives, as we've read in our passage. He comes and he, he repairs the way. He calls Israel to turn back to him, uh, to God. And then Jesus arrives and brings with him uh, the reigning presence of God. He brings with him God's kingdom, saying this, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So this story of creation, decreation, recreation is throughout Scripture. And, but the second uh, kind of theme that I want us to think about helps us think about how we find our place in this story. The story of the Bible is, of course, the story of all creation, and we are included in this. And there's a kind of theme, that, uh, kind of phrase that underpins the vision of this book. And this series, that the story you live in is the story you live out. What does that mean? Well, often we can get very focused. We can get quite insular and focused on our own lives and our own troubles and our own worries at times. I can get quite narrow tunnel vision at times. I know that sometimes I can get so caught up in my anxieties that I leave God at the door. uh, And actually, I'm limited in what I can achieve for him in this world. So one of the aims of our series is to broaden the picture, to look at God, look at who he is, look at how he has interacted with the world, look at his story, and then find our place in it. Again, Hughes writes this, as we immerse ourselves in the greatest story ever told, we find our ultimate sense of belonging, our purpose in the present, and our hope for the future a lot in that, but I think it's really, really powerful. As we immerse ourselves in the greatest story ever told, we find our ultimate sense of belonging, our purpose in the present, and our hope for the future. In other words, as we live in God's story, as we live in a better story, we live out a better life, a more fruitful life, a, more li- a life in more all of its fullness. 
That didn't really make sense, but you understand what I meant. <laughs> we live life in all its fullness. Finally, and I, and I do mean finally, I know I've gone on a bit, but uh, I want to talk about the final kind of theme in this book that I found really, really helpful. And it's a, a journey, uh, a kind of progression of thought that, that he develops. I think it's really helpful in helping us understand about stuff about God, but also understanding uh, through this series how we interpret God's story and find our own place in it. It's this journey. God's being shapes God's doing, which shapes our being, which shapes our doing. Clear? <laughs> what it means. Uh, often as Christians, we can be, uh, you know, understandably, we can be, uh, kind of excused for thinking that the cross is the starting point. This is where we start our understanding of everything, uh, and it's where Christianity makes sense. And, and of course, that is largely true. You know, the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus is the climax of the biblical story. It is the most important part. It's the time that guarantees uh, the journey towards recreation. It guarantees uh, the making of all things new. It it is the guarantee of our salvation and our relationship with God. Of course, the cross is incredibly important. But actually, a lot of the Bible doesn't really refer to the cross that much. Last week, Kathy asked, what do you struggle with with the Bible? And multiple people went, Old Testament. A lot of the Old Testament especially doesn't talk about the cross. Yes, there are pockets of it where it does, but a lot of it is actually more about the nature of God, God's being. What is God like? And actually, as we read the Old Testament, as we read the Bible in its full, uh, we discover that, that God is the kind of God who would go to the cross. His forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his perfect love are in his very being. This is what God is like. And his being shapes his interactions with his broken and rebellious world. It's precisely because of who he is that leads him to doing the work of salvation on the cross. And that, of course, shapes who we are. You know, as we find our faith in Jesus' doings on the cross, as we place our faith in his death and resurrection, we discover our very being is changed. The Bible talks of we being born again. We receive new life. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit. We, we received a, a, a recreation in our very beings. And because of that, our actions change. Because we have changed, the things we do change. And we, are, we can't help but change our doing as we receive this new life. We are called to and equipped to live out this gospel uh, as a community on our front lines as well. So I'm going to finish there, I think. I'm going to invite the musicians up, if that's okay. Um, I just want, as we finish, I've covered a lot of ground, I know. But I just want to finish with us reflecting on this image God's being shapes God's doing, which shapes our being, which shapes our doing. Let's start as, uh, now at reflecting on God's being, who he is. Let's worship him for who he is. Can, would you stand with me if that's okay? We're going to sing a song uh, called uh, King of Kings. God is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords, the master of all creation. He's behind everything. He made the heavens, the earth, moon, and stars. He made you and I in his image. He's here with us this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. And we're going to worship him, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're going to praise him together. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are here with us. Thank you that through the words and the, and the stories in the Bible, 
and all the writings throughout the ages, we can encounter you, the, the, the God who shapes our own story today. Lord Jesus, help us find more and more of you in our lives. Help us to discover something new through this series. Help us to be inspired to better follow you in our day-to-day living. Equip us, we pray. Uh, But first of all, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you do that comes from who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.